Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, welcome back to the show once again. I am your host, Andrew LaFleur, and thanks for listening. Today on the show, I'm going to be interviewing Edward Skira. Edward is the president and co-founder of UrbanToronto.ca. If you're not familiar with UrbanToronto.ca, I highly suggest you go and check it out. It's a great resource for all things development, urban planning, uh, condominiums uh, in Toronto. So definitely want to check out that website and the forum section there if you haven't. Now, before we get to the interview with Edward, I want to do something that we have been doing the past few episodes, and that's looking at what is in the news this week. So this week we have a great article from the Globe and Mail, and I'll include a link to this in the show notes. The show notes for this episode can be found at truecondos.com slash urbantoronto. So this is from the Globe and Mail, Canada to open door wider to higher caliber immigrants. Many of you might have seen this article. Um, I was tweeting it out and sharing it on Facebook. Uh, basically what they're saying is the government's announcing, uh, with 2015 is election year, they're starting to make policy announcements and this and that they're saying they're going to open the door to 285,000 immigrants in, uh, 2015, which represents the largest, um, number of immigrants they're targeting to let into the country since 2010. So as condo investors, we are certainly not xenophobic. We are not anti-immigration. We are pro-immigration. We are because immigration means growth. And so when you have growth, you have higher demand for housing. You have uh, upward pressure on rental rates. And these are all very good things for us as investors. Something I always like to remind people is that, listen, Toronto is a growing city. Um, but not all cities in this world are growing. In fact, many big cities uh, are, are not growing. If you think about, for example, I had a client uh, I was meeting with this week, and he lives in Tokyo. And he was telling me about how uh, the population of Japan is shrinking. Uh, the birth rates are obviously way down, and there's virtually no immigration in a country like Japan. So population is shrinking, they uh, are not a growing city. So you think about something, a city like Tokyo as a major world city, you know, as one of the great cities of the world. Um, yes, but maybe not such a great place to invest in real estate because they are not um, growing as we are. And if you look at pretty much any major city in North America, they're not seeing the kind of growth rates that we are seeing in Toronto. So we are unique. We are special in a sense. Um, we can be proud of that. But also we can take advantage of that as real estate investors. And, um, you know, we don't know if this is going to last forever, this growth that we're experiencing. But certainly all signs and indications are that Toronto is a place where people want to live and people want to come to from all over the world. So uh, that's good news. Uh, 285,000 people. Historically speaking, about 40% of immigrants who come to Canada end up in the GTA. So if you do 40% of 285,000, that's putting it uh, at about 115,000, uh, which would be, you know, if we did see those kind of numbers in 2015, that would be uh, above the typical or average um, that we've seen in the last decade of around 100,000 people or so. So again, good news for condo investors, good news for 
um, anybody purchasing real estate today because the demand for housing continues to grow in this city and the uh, number of new homes and condos that are being built, um, quite frankly, is not keeping up with with uh, with the just the demographics uh, of people coming into the city. Okay, so let's get to the interview with Edward Skira now. Uh, here it is. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show Edward Skira. Edward is the president and co-founder of UrbanToronto.ca. Edward, welcome to the show. Hello, Andrew. I uh, appreciate your time today. We're looking forward to chatting with you about um, Urban Toronto and about the real estate market and condos. Uh, so why don't we get started? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in real estate, um, and how Urban Toronto came to be? Okay, well, my background is actually in web publishing and magazine publishing, and uh, did uh, a lot of work in the music industry over the years, and uh uh, over time, I, I was, I'm a downtown dweller. I've lived in a condo for almost 20 years now. And uh, I'm a big architecture fan and a big development fan. And about 12, 13 years ago, um, I decided uh, while we were doing the music stuff, uh, we started this little forum called Urban Toronto. And it was just a hobby. You know, it was just because uh, I was interested in what was going on in the city um, there hadn't been a lot of development in the city uh, when I first moved down in the 90s after the big sort of crash in the late 80s. Um, it was fairly quiet, but then all of a sudden you started seeing a little bit of development happening. And I remember seeing a sign for Infinity Condo coming, and this was uh, down at Bremner and York, and I couldn't find any information. So what we ended up doing is we started this little forum. And... Uh, the first uh, night, there were two people on the forum. The next night, four, you know, and then eight and whatever. And then, you know, it slowly took off as people found out about it. And uh, it became a very organic community of people that were into architecture, design, construction, and what was going on in the built forum in Toronto. And uh, we had uh, Urban Toronto as strictly a hobby for for a number of years but the but the community was sort of organically growing and um you know sort of in the 2007 2008 2009 our previous business the music industry side of things started to go into through some turmoil with the internet and free downloads and music industry took a big hit and we were kind of looking around to see where we were going to go with our future and you know, we, here we had our music stuff and it was, you know, at a certain level of traffic. Meanwhile, Urban Toronto had more than doubled our music site uh, in terms of traffic and we had done nothing but, you know, set it up and let it roll on its own. And, you know, being a downtowner and looking around, there was a crane going up on every corner all of a sudden. And so we kind of looked at it and went, well, let's see what we could do with this. And uh, so we the the discussion forum that was urban toronto and we added editorial to it and when when i used to talk to people in the community um one of the biggest problems they had with urban toronto was there was so much information in the forum you could spend hours a day in there trying to find out what was going on at a certain corner at a certain lot a certain builder 
Um, and so we thought, well, the smartest thing to do would be to pull the information from the forum and do editorial based on the information that we were getting and put it on a front page of the site so that for people who only had a minute or five minutes a day to really see what was going on, they could come to the site, see what was going on without having to spend hours upon hours in, in the actual forum itself. So, you know, one of the great things about our site, and certainly in the early days, but still, today is we find out about information way before almost anybody else does. Um, and how do you do that? That's that's a key component of your site is sort of the big scoops that you guys have and, and learning about these pro these huge projects that people will be talking about for years, but, you know, you, you're talking about it months before it sort of hits the mainstream media. What? How do you do that? Or is it just the community? There's got so many people who are sort of, you know, architecture and, and, and urban, you know, f fans that are just out there looking for that information for you? Well, th exactly. The, the, we have 20,000 registered members on our forum. Wow. And so we have people from every walk of life. Um, some of them are work for developers. Some of them work for architectural firms. Some are just our city people. Um, we certainly have a lot of planners and people like that, politicians. We also have regular folks who just live at a certain location. And they all, I mean, they all don't contribute, but there's certainly a large, a nice percentage of people that do. And what do they give us? They are, they find out about stuff that's coming up. They are walking down the street and we'll see one of the city of Toronto coming soon signs, you know, an application to whatever. Um, they will know about things from their job. Now the forum, you, you can sign up as an anonymous member. So you can also put stuff up there that maybe uh, in your professional life you wouldn't be able to talk about okay. but as an anonymous poster you certainly can uh you know i've got a great example um bay adelaide yeah. the office complex the first right. tower which i guess is now a couple of years old um that was originally planned in the 80s and then got shelved through the 90s right and uh you know one day one of our four members came on and this is probably about 10 years ago now and said that he had been at the city of toronto and the planning department he was filing something for his business and he saw the fellow in front of him with all these rolls of tubes and what did it say on the tubes bay adelaide drawings and it was like he came on the forum and said somebody is at city hall right. submitting drawings for bay adelaide and okay. all of a sudden after 10 years of nothing all of a sudden people are going oh wait a second there's something happening um so there's things like that i mean one blur which is currently under construction when we first set up the site we ended up getting renderings now three developers ago so it was you know it was a whole totally different project yeah but there were plans there already 10 12 years ago when we started the forum and so that, yeah, exactly that's where we get the information and since we when we added the editorial focus to the site and we actually started reaching out to the industry and actually um, we turned it into a, a proper business we actually reached out to the PR companies, to the developers. Um, you know, the day that we kind of decided that we were going to try this as a, as a, not a hobby any longer. Yeah. Um, I sent an email out to all the members of the forum and said, we are now open for business. If you'd like to advertise with us, contact us. And within an hour, I had three major developers contact me and say, we're interested. And I had three clients. Um, and so, they, we also work with them, and so they will help us and get us information. And so 
you know, we do a lot of uh, tours of buildings and stuff, and that all comes from us working with the industry. So it's a two-pronged thing. It's what our members bring to the table, and it's also the work that we do since we, we turned it into the business that we work with the developers. We find out what's going on, and we work with City Hall, and we work with all, all the principals to find out exactly what's happening. I wonder if you have, do you ever have situations where information gets out and you've run into any trouble with any developers or people at the city where they're saying, you know, take this information down, it's confidential or something or things like that? Or, um, yes, we have certainly run into situations and how like do you, that. How do you handle situations like that? Um, it kind of depends on what the information is. And, you know, I mean, when we, when we first started, uh, you know, doing it as a business, uh, you know, certainly the industry was very um, PR driven, very, you know, they sort of had an angle of what they wanted to sell the building, what it looked like. And so when they were ready to start selling, they would come to market with a full package in place. You know, they would work with their ad agencies and whatever else. Um, the, the Internet has, has, has completely changed that. Um, the fact is that you have to file at City Hall to get a, a building approved. That's all public information. So that information gets out ahead of the curve in terms of what their marketing strategies were. Um, you know, if it's if it's public information, it's fair game. Now, right. a couple of times there have been situations where someone wasn't supposed to be putting it up and, you know, we didn't get in trouble, but we, we took it down. And the person that was putting stuff up you know, had a, it was from work or wherever it was from, and they kind of got in trouble because they were, you know, they were obliged at work not to be revealing stuff, and they kind of did. So, you know, we definitely will work with the with the with the people that are involved, but yeah. at the same time, if it's fair game, it's fair game. Right. And I, I think what's happened in that time frame, and this isn't just real estate. This is you know, the auto industry. This is packaged goods. The reality is the internet has changed everything in terms yes. of how marketing works. And if you're smart about it, you're going to understand that that's the way the world is now. Work with that and make sure that you're using it to your advantage as opposed to trying to you know, close it up. I mean, we came from the music industry and we saw that you know, right. quite vividly where they tried to kill you know, downloads and this and that. And in the end, they've had to, to live with it and work with it. And there are certainly different models that you can do that that will move forward. So, um, yeah, no, we've definitely run into that. How else would you say the condo market has evolved or changed in the sort of, you know, 10 or 15 years that you've been actively, you know, tracking it yourself and through the site? What changes have you seen or what, what, what is still the same and what is different today? Well, when we first started the site, if, you, if a 20-story building was announced, everybody was really excited. <laughs> um, you know, a couple of years later, 30 stories was amazing. Okay, yeah. And now if somebody announces 50, it's kind of like ho-hum. You know, right. it's really crazy what's happened. So uh, certainly a lot of the forum members who like tall buildings, you know, if it's not 75 stories, there's something, you know, it's not it's not a great project. A, yeah. um, so certainly height has been one. I mean, certainly the amount of development. I mean, 12 years ago, 13 years ago when we started there wasn't really a lot of projects. I mean, they were starting to percolate a little bit, um, but it wasn't a, a massive amount like there is certainly in the last five years. Um, certainly prices have gone up significantly. Uh, unit sizes have come down significantly. You know, they're, they're getting smaller. Um, you know, I remember the initial phase of, of City Place on Front Street, Front and John, I guess. 
um, or Peter, Peter, I guess. Um, yeah, I think you could get them for ninety nine thousand. I mean, think about getting a condo at Front and Peter for ninety nine thousand, right. brand new construction today. Yeah. Of course not. Um, yeah. Parking spot maybe. Maybe I, I don't even <laughs> remember. I, I I didn't really have any money at the time, but I looked at it and went, "Wow!" I mean, but I mean that was kind of like that was a dead zone out there. So the fact that somebody would actually move into that, you know, front Spadina 10, 12, 15 years ago, I mean, there was nothing there. There was, you know, lots of parking lots and some offices and stuff, but as an, as a community and, you know, go there today. I mean, it's, it's amazing the change that's happened in just, you know, the last 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. So there's a, you know, there's a bunch of different things that have happened over that period but i mean volume is certainly the biggest it's 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 exploded what hasn't changed that you wish would or another way to say like in your opinion what's sort of the biggest problem in the industry that needs to be addressed or needs to be fixed i don't know about um if it hasn't changed i think part of i think um because of the volume some of the construction might not be as good as it should be um, so quality quality d design isn't always great and if you're able to just open the door and sell everything right away or not even have people see it but sell it overseas um and it's just really you're selling location and size um you don't have to put a lot of thought into the design um so i think those are issues that kind of need to be addressed um you know one of my biggest peeves uh, with with what's happened in the last 15 years is green glass i mean it was really unique when the first couple of towers started going up with green glass spire over on church street yeah. it was one of the first point towers and it had that green glass and it was amazing but all of a sudden when you have 30 of them and all next to each other in the same place um it, it you know it'd be nice to have some other look styles at, yes and you know one of the things with certainly master plan communities and sort of the bigger projects is, you know, once they're built, they're built and you, you know, and they're going to live like that for a hundred years or whatever. And you can't really insert new buildings anywhere in there. It's, it's not, a, it's not as organic as sort of, if you look at Toronto, you know, look at any street on Toronto, like older neighborhoods where you've got buildings from a hundred years ago and 50 years ago and today and 20 years ago and there's different styles you see that evolution yeah and that i love that and yeah. so when you have and um, that's where we're standing right now doing this interview at your office yeah. here in sort of the saint lawrence market area where you've really got that mix of the old and the new and yeah. the very very old yeah. and everything in between and so if you've got a, a brand new glass green glass tower going up in this neighborhood it's right next to a red brick building it's right next to a 50s whatever modernist kind of building so they're different. If you have 20 towers that are all the same kind of green glass, full glass, it, it does get sort of monotonous. And you can't really change it, like I said, because there's no room to put another building in there. And so you're kind of left with that. And that, to me, is the only downside that I've seen. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite building in Toronto? My favorite complex is the, actually the TD Center. I've always loved that. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a modernist at heart, yeah. I guess because of when I grew up in the... 60s and 70s right. and 80s and um Mies van der Rohe Mies van der Rohe that that complex is is to me amazing um and uh you know, there's I don't think there's anything I mean there's a lot of great buildings in the city what do you like about it like for those who aren't familiar whether you're talking about the TD complex financial district the black the black model the black 
There's a yeah, there's an towers that you use. How many towers is there in part of the complex again? Yeah, there's actually I don't know five or seven or something. I right. mean, the initial design was three towers, and Mies didn't really have anything to do with the rest of them. He died after the first three were completed or almost completed, um, and they should have probably stopped at the three because th- that was really the his mm-hmm. idea was was that. And afterwards, they kind of tampered with it a little bit, but um, the colors. The simplicity, but it's not that simple. I mean, just the look. The, the courtyard is amazing. Um, there's an amazing um, <clears throat> postcard that I've seen of uh, from like late '60s, and there's just um, one TD tower up, and the right. rest of the skyline is 1950s Toronto, and it's something out of 2001: A Space Odyssey. Right. It's just <laughs> this black monolith sticking out, and uh, um, it just yeah. I mean, I, to me, that's the epitome of design that's like as, as good as you yeah and it's just aged so well i mean yeah. it's it looks as good today as it did 50 years ago absolutely yeah um in terms of future sites or i mean there's so much so many uh, big announcements it seems this year about like major sites coming up condos and, and office towers and other things what are you which site are you sort of most excited about to see how it's going to turn out um, I'm really loving what's going on at Young and Bloor. I mean, one Bloor is about halfway mm, yeah. tall. Um, across the street, the old Stollery Complex building there. Just sold, yeah. Just sold for a lot of money, and they're <laughs> looking at doing something, from what I've heard, that's got retail component, and uh, it, it's not just going to be another condo tower. I'm loving what's happening down in the core with the way the office market is exploding, and uh, you have Union Square, you have 160 or 156 Front West. Um, Cadillac Ferry is going to be putting up a, a 60, 54-story tower. It's going to be, I think, the third tallest office tower in the city. Are you, is that the Front Street? Yeah. Front and University one there? Yeah, Front and Simcoe. Front and Simcoe, right. Yeah, and then uh, Allied has another tower just to the south of it where uh, Station Street is. So, I, you know, totally. Uh, I mean, my excitement with the way the city's growing and I'm glad that I didn't start, you know, Urban Thunder Bay or something. Because, <laughs> and, and there's no slight to Thunder Bay, but yeah. I mean, the fact Urban is, Buffalo. Urban Buffalo. <laughs> um, you know, um, the reality is we've got so much going on here from, from, so for someone like myself who really loves buildings, architecture, design. I mean, you couldn't be in a better place other than maybe New York City, uh, at least on, like in North America. Yes. Um, and so what I really love looking at is the way downtown's changed but also i grew up in north york right and uh you know when i moved up to young and finch back in the late 60s when i was a little kid there was nothing there and all of a sudden you have between finch and shepherd this massive community that, that mm-hmm. uh, young and shepherd had a couple of buildings that were you know and then actually when i moved up there there was nothing it was all low rise and uh now you have a second downtown almost down the, up there um Sort of also the infill that happens, and all of a sudden you have a B Street, and Bathurst, and and Bloor that all of a sudden adds to the community there. And every building slowly, you know, adds to the community that it's part of and makes it much more vibrant. We're sitting at basically Adelaide and Sherburn right now, and I've been my office has been down here for about twenty years. I mean, this was kind of a sketchy, scary neighborhood twenty years ago. There was yeah, a lot even of ten parking. years ago. Yeah, there was a lot of parking lots. There was a lot, at night. It was kind of scary, and all of a sudden, you have a condo here, a condo there, and all of a sudden, there's people on the streets. There's a Tim Hortons or whatever. A couple of restaurants opened up, more stores opened up, 
And all of a sudden, it's a vibrant community. There's families. And, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of people who complain about condos. It's like, oh, not another condo. And it's like, yeah, but they, they're helping making these neighborhoods vibrant. Uh, you know, and, and instead of having people live in, you know, in sprawl further and further out, the mm-hmm. fact that they're living in the city near transit. I mean, I walk to work. I don't even own a car. And I know lots of people like that who now just use transit or even just walk or bicycle to work. And all these buildings have totally helped that. And so this neighborhood is prime example of what, what can change. What about the condo bubble theory? What's your take on that? Do you buy into that theory? Do you think we're overbuilding in Toronto? I mean, I don't know how, you know, I, I hear different stats in terms of the number of investors and all that kind of thing. But it seems to me, A, the population's growing. And if the population's growing at 100 to 125,000 people a year into the GTA, there's a green belt around the GTA now. So sprawl can continue to a certain extent, but not really. So people got to live somewhere. So um, I I mean, I'd, is it overwrought? Maybe a little bit, but I don't know if it's going to crash like the 80s. I mean, at that time, you know, anybody could borrow money. The developers were able to get money really easily to do anything. Now the banks are pretty tight. You know, they, they learned their lesson back then. So you can't really build unless you've sold it. And, you know, would it, will it slow down? Maybe. I don't know. I can't really guess. But I think that the fundamentals are fairly strong. And unless, unless something happens to the economy um, or if something happens where people just stop coming to Toronto, um, you know, 100,000 people, let's say a year, again, they got to live somewhere. And that's, you know, 30,000 units right there, probably, probably more. Um, so, and if you can't sprawl out, they got to go up. So I think it'll continue. Um, let's shift gears back to urban Toronto. Uh, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the site now, how, it, where it's at today, sort of what, um, who the site is for and who really would benefit from the site and, and specifically speaking to condo investors, what can condo investors get from using urban Toronto? Okay. So. The site right now does about two and a half million page views a month. It's got about 200,000 unique visitors a month. So a very strong traffic base. So, I mean, people are um, certainly coming to the site. We get a lot of traffic. Um, from a condo investor perspective, there's a number of angles. Uh, one, we are generally first with information about new projects. So long before the developers are going to come to market with their marketing campaigns, you will know that there's, they're, they're working on something at X location. So you're able to find out very early on what's going on, where if you're looking in a certain neighborhood, you might be looking at something that's built already, or you might go, well, I've heard you know, on Urban Toronto that that parking lot across the street there, they're planning X or Y or whatever. So let's take a look at that. So you get a lot of early information as to what's going on. Uh, within the forum itself, um, we have a, a number of different sections, and uh, you are able to um, post and ask about a developer. So you can say, well, what do you think of X developer? And I've had plenty of people. I got one person on staff who bought his condo based on recommendations on our site. So he went and said, well, what do you think of said developer? And he had people tell, tell him, okay, well, this was, you know, I like this guy and like this these guys why and whatever so it's a, as a research tool there's a lot of value a lot of information there that you can get um you can go to the condo developers website but you know they're just going to have their pictures and what they're trying to sell 
on our site you can actually ask people what do you think you um and it's it's also very valuable i think from a developer's perspective um and we have a lot of clients that are developers and the, and the reason for that mm-hmm. is we will have people on our site come on and say this is crummy i just moved in and this isn't working and so i have a, a like live examples of someone coming on the site and saying you know i just i just moved into my my new condo and this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong and the developer in this case followed all his own threads so he knew like he's paying attention to what people are saying about his projects uh, which is a smart thing to do because this way you can totally know what real people are saying. Yeah, and uh, he, he came on and posted and said, "Call this number," and the person that had complained obviously, I guess, did because the next day he came back on and said, "You know, they fixed it." And <laughs> so, as a tool, <laughs> as a tool, you know, yeah. to to like see what people are saying before people would complain and you couldn't really do anything but now people can complain and drag your name through the mud so you can work with people and and actually and and makes your reputation look better so from an investor perspective there's a bunch of things there that you can do or you can just uh see what's happening in toronto i mean we do five to seven stories a day it's not all condos it's so there's some uh, office development there's you know built form and what's going on in the city so if you want to know what's going on in toronto um, from a construction building, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we're the one for you. That's great. Now, I know you're also a real estate investor yourself. Uh, you've had different properties over the years. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of your uh, personal investment strategy and what you look for and, um, you know, sort of what are you looking for anything right now and uh, or to add to your portfolio? What would that be? Um, yes, we've, uh, I've, certainly been involved in uh, i've bought some condos along the way for investment purposes i mean my strategy was got to be downtown got to be close to the subway or good transit um i think it's a no-brainer to own real estate downtown toronto uh will, will it go up will it go down sure i mean but if you're for a longer term perspective um you know if the fundamentals that we talked about earlier continue and i can't see why they wouldn't uh you know, I, I I remember talking to my cousin who lives in New York City, and he bought a condo, Lower East Side, and it was a quarter the size of mine, the one that I live in, and he paid almost double, and it was because it's Manhattan, and it's you know, and it, it, the reality is there's only so much real estate downtown, and uh, it can only go out, and we've seen that in the last ten years. Again, the, the City Place example where. Units were less than a hundred thousand. Well, good luck finding that now. So, from from my perspective, it was it was definitely longer term. It was definitely um, good location. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of money. If I had a lot of money now, or for for investment purposes, I'm, a lot of my money is going in the business right now. But um, mm-hmm. land would be great. I mean, I know it's in short supply, and every developer's trying to get it too. But if you can yeah. get land um, anywhere in a good location, it's totally worth um sort of one final question make you think a little bit maybe put you on the spot but uh is there one question that nobody has ever asked you about yourself or about your business or about the condo market uh but that you wish somebody would Ooh, now you got me stumped um (laughs) I don't know, and you know, I, I know you get asked a lot of questions, interviewed by different people, and you know, 
uh, everybody wants to know your opinion on the condo market and anything. But is there any? Is there something that you know? There's nobody ever asks you, but that you wish somebody would. You know, I I, I can't. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't. Um, you know, they always ask me the questions you've asked, and but you've you've asked, asked like both sides of it. For us, I mean, the financial is one side of of the market, and the other is the aesthetic, the design, and the built form. And I mean, I guess most people will ask more about the financial side. And for me, yeah, sure, condos are an investment, they're a business, and that's all fine and dandy. But to me, it's also about built form and how mm-hmm. a city. And so I think uh, maybe that, and people don't, re- and you you did ask me that, but um, <laughs> or at least we got on that topic. Yeah, but sure. uh, for me, it's not about, okay, we buy a parking lot, put up a 30-story building, and we sell it, make a lot of money, and go away. It's how does it really add to the city, and what does it do for the city? I mean, urban Toronto, uh, you know, when we started it, we didn't call it Skyscraper Toronto, and we didn't call it Condo Toronto. We called it urban Toronto for a reason, and that was because for us, the big discussion was not about how tall or how many units. It was really about urbanism and how these buildings fit into the urban fabric of our city. And um, and while we have a lot of discussion on the site about tall and more, 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 and bigger, and how much, and whatever, to me, the biggest impact has been how it's really revitalized the city, how it fits in to the greater good for the city. And, you know, I just love walking down, you know, King Street or something and seeing you know, new projects coming up and seeing people on the sidewalks. And that's all about urbanism. And, I mean, that's one of those fundamental things about urban Toronto that, you know, we named it that for, purpose, for that purpose exactly. And uh, I think, you know, and, and and we actually do see the results because it's not just investors on our site. Uh, you know, City of Toronto planning, I, I, I'm, I'm quite aware that they had changed some of their internet setup at City Hall recently and they banned a number of sites at work, like Facebook and that kind of stuff, I guess, so, so people wouldn't be. But Urban Toronto actually got on the list somehow. Oh, wow. Got the, got the green light. Um, well, <laughs> Adding it, value. Um urban toronto got put on the no-go list for a minute until people complained and all of a sudden oh, got taken off the interesting go- so yeah. we were kind of mistakenly put in there right um so there are a lot of people at that level that are definitely watching us and it's for work and it's helping build the city so for, for you know that's the side of it that i don't think it's emphasized enough so i guess maybe that's what you're looking for that's great um thank you so much for your time today no problem, uh, it's Andrew. been great if people want to find you uh obviously they know where to find urban toronto it's simply urbantoronto.ca um but if people want to find you or get in touch with you uh how would you like them to well the contact information is on the site at the the footer Um, if you need to want to hit me directly edward at urbantoronto.ca is my email you can find me on facebook and twitter so um yeah i'm quite easy to get a hold of online great okay we'll include links to to that in the show notes uh, for this episode. Um, Edward, thank you again for your time. Thank Appreciate you, it. Good luck. Thanks. Okay, there you go. That was my interview with Edward Skier. I hope you enjoyed that. For all the show notes on this episode, once again, head over to truecondos.com slash urban Toronto. And you can find links to, of course, urban Toronto and uh, all the things that we were talking about on today's episode. And once again, if you like this show, if you like listening to me in your headphones or on your computer or 
wherever you might be sitting on a beach somewhere. Um, just take two minutes out of your day, if you don't mind, and leave me a review on iTunes. If you don't know how to leave a review, um, I've actually included a video which uh, just shows you how to do that um, on the show notes for this episode. And also, don't forget to become a True Condos subscriber. And right now, actually, if you do become a subscriber, uh, you will get a free five-part video course which will teach you about condo investing in Toronto. So just head on over to truecondos.com to do that. Okay, thank you very much for listening to the show once again. I appreciate your support. You can always send me an email if you want to get a hold of me, andrew at truecondos.com. Or you can call me direct, 416-371-2333. Thank you very much and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.